Welcome again, everybody, to Colts training camp here at Graham Park following day number three of practice for the Indianapolis Colts. The first night practice, team practice this afternoon or this evening, I should say, from 6 to 7.30 in front of a sold-out crowd here at Graham Park. 7,000 fans strong came out to watch this team in the Indiana twilight. We're all breaking it down here. Training camp is brought to you by Course and Fire and Security. J.J. Stangovitz is along. I'm Matt Taylor. Joining us here in a few minutes will be defensive tackle, the rookie, the fourth-round pick out of Northwestern, Atatamawa Atabare is going to check in with myself and Jeffrey Gorman. We'll have that conversation in just a second. But as always, a lot to get into tonight, uh, recapping the practice session that just got done. J.J., uh, some of the highlights that I jotted down, right, the offense was noticeably working on pushing the ball down the field a little bit tonight. Two third down periods today with 11-on-11 work. Two special teams periods focusing on punt. And the defense was providing some pass rush, getting after the uh, the quarterbacks. But quarterback snap update, uh, we always know that there's going to be a methodical process mm-hmm. between Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew in terms of who's taking the first team reps. Day one, it was Minshew out there with the ones. Day two is Richardson. Day three, what it looked like tonight and how the first-team offense operate. It was both Richardson and Minshew today. Mm-hmm. Over the course of a longer practice, Colts went for about an hour and a half today, Matt. Yep. Um, it, it, I didn't chart exactly how many snaps each player got, but it looked like it was pretty even between Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson with the first-team offense. Uh, you know, and, and there were some early on I thought Anthony looked pretty good. Uh, you know, looked pretty crisp. There weren't any balls on the ground. He was getting the ball out. Um, as practice went on, maybe got a little bit, you know, disjointed at times. Uh, he threw high at one point toward, I believe it was Kylan Granson. Uh, but then he, he had a really pretty deep ball to uh, Vincent Smith that uh, Smith was not able to come in. Yeah, kind of a juggle, yeah. Yeah, and make the catch on. Uh, right. Overall, though, you know, hearing from Shane Steichen, hearing from his teammates, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. Everyone so far has been very impressed with Anthony Richardson. And Gardner Minshew is getting it done out there, too. You know, you can see the, 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 the mental aspect that Gardner has having played in this offense, uh, you know, under Shane Steich in the last two years, having played in the NFL for four years. Um, this battle's just getting started. Yeah. It's kind of where it's at. But I think through three practices, now the Colts have tomorrow, Sunday off. Um, it, it's off to a good start, I would say. All right, we'll get back to the field here in just a second. But off the field tonight, uh, we had Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, he was taking in practice physically during practice tonight. Uh, had a one-on-one meeting with uh, Jonathan Taylor, his star running back. Uh, those two met for over an hour in uh, Jim Ursay's bus here at Graham Park. You know, had a conversation about uh, Jonathan Taylor's future. And, J.J., we know about the landscape of, of running backs across the NFL with uh, how dissatisfied they are with the future of that position, how things are going financially, how things are going contractually, how how things get better in terms of of NFL teams viewing that position. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor going into the last year of his rookie contract, he's up for an extension. But uh, according to reports here, as we sit here and talk right now after practice, a few moments ago, according to the NFL Network and Ian Rappaport, who covers the league league league-wide, obviously, 
Uh, he is reporting that Jonathan Taylor, after his conversation with Jim Irsay tonight, J.J., uh, is formally requesting a trade uh, from the Colts. And he's on PUP. Uh, he hasn't practiced yet. That's that's what we know definitively. Uh, but that is the report that's going on right now, that Jonathan Taylor obviously a little bit unhappy with where things are at right now with his future with the Colts. Yeah, this is a developing situation here. You know, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on it, follow it as it goes. Um, but... As we're recording this, this kind of just hit. Um, you know, you know, Jim Irsay said that he had a great meeting with Jonathan Taylor. He's hopeful going forward that JT will, you know, continue to be a part of the team. But we'll see where this goes. Yeah, um, this will be something that will, you know, certainly be a storyline throughout training camp. But as it relates to the guys on the field, yep. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor has not been participating in practice. Like you said, he's been on PUP. Uh, you know, Shane Steichen has maintained that you know one Jonathan Taylor is healthy and ready to go. He'll be back out on the field. So we'll, we'll kind of see where this goes yeah, from here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, this is one of those things that, that's happening off the field. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, this is business. Another example of it's just a hard, cruel reality that this league is a business. It's about entertainment. It's about football. Yes, it's about winning games. But players have to do what they think is best for them, given their situation, given their age, and what, uh, in Jonathan Taylor's case, what position they play. So we'll see how it all unfolds. And obviously it's going to be a saga that's ongoing and uh, something that's going to define this training camp and be in the backdrop as we progress here. But let's get back to, uh, let's get back to on the field things the pace of practice very very swift but specifically when the offense is out there when they're doing 11 on 11 work it is very fast between snaps by design and they want to do that because they think that helps the growth the sped up maturity and the development of Anthony Richardson why why is that according to Shane Steichen I think it's just you know to to make sure that you know you're kind of on point on anything you don't let anything slide Uh, you know mentally you stay really locked in um, and that's something that has been no problem for Anthony Richardson, uh, whether it's been, you know, during OTAs when he got in here for the first time or in the offseason, uh, you know, hearing from his teammates about just how every time they saw him, he was in his playbook, you know, trying to get everything of that down now going through installs. Um, you know, Shane Steichen is very, you know, I, it's easy for every coach to say they're detail oriented. Right. But like we were talking to Quiddy Pay today. And he was like, you know, even in walkthroughs, Shane's emphasis is like, hey, don't like F around in this. Like, <laughs> this is this is not a time for joking. That's or, our first F around here on the podcast, yeah, by the way. That's uh, awesome. You know, find out. Uh, <laughs> it, that, you know, there's none of that. And that that sort of mentality, you, like, you've kind of heard it from some players, uh, you know, who were here last year, that this team coming off a of 4-12-1 season kind of needed that, like, that sort of kick in the, the butt, mm-hmm. if you will, of like, there's no messing around. Yeah, you we got are, there for a reason. We're, we're here for a reason. We are here to work. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, like, you know, you guys weren't very good last year. So let, let's shape up and let's get after it here. And so far that's what we've seen uh, from these guys. And, by the way, the defense, I, I think, has, has shown up too. Um, you know, the offense is playing fast. So is the defense. One guy, Matt, just to, to highlight through three practices, Kenny Moore the second. Every single day, I'm making a note of him making a play on a ball or blowing up a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, the, the one-on-one reps that he had with Michael Pittman Jr., yep. Pitt got him on the first one, Kenny got him on the second one. Like Those are, those are two guys who should be two of your best players in those situations, splitting him right down the middle. Um, really competitive stuff. He, Kenny, Kenny looks back. Uh, and I'm writing about this on Colts.com on Sunday. You can go check it out. But he, he looks mentally 
and physically like the Kenny Moore that we got to know, yeah. uh, you know, leading up to last well, year, which is a disappointing year and, for him. And we said on Tuesday when we sat in these same chairs and did the podcast, like the guy, you know, we were going on the round table, who's the guy that has the biggest chip on their shoulder uh, from last year? You know, the guy that needs to bounce back, that's Kenny Moore. He was very, I think, open about what happened to him last year, where his mindset was, and just looks like a completely different guy uh, from a headspace standpoint. Obviously, we know he can play, but it's just getting on the same page schematically with this defense and Gus Bradley and Ron Miles on how they want to utilize him. That's a great point right there. Staying in the secondary, the Colts are still running with Daryl Baker at cornerback. Juju Brents is still banged up. He's dealing with that hamstring. Darius Rush didn't practice today yep. with that shoulder. But I think it's time to, to start talking about Daryl Baker mm-hmm. being heavily considered as a guy that can start in this defense. So Daryl Baker, if you look at his athletic traits and his body type, he's got I think he's almost got an 80-inch wingspan. He ran a 4-4 uh, in college. Yep. I think he came out of Georgia Southern. Southern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so long arms, fast. I want to say he had a 40-inch vertical. Uh, you know, if you look at his athletic testing numbers, that's like prototype of what Gus and – he, and he's tall. He's what, 6 uh, – let me pull up his weight here or his uh, height. Yeah, 6-1. So he, he's long, athletic. Uh, that's who – you know – that's what Gus Bradley wants in his corners. He wants guys who can, who no can uh, you know, hit those benchmarks. And Daryl Baker's one of them. I mean, he signed as a practice squad guy last year. He didn't play on defense. He, he got up for a uh, game on special teams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy the Colts have liked for a little while now. Yep. And, you know, with Juju Brents, with Darius Rush being out, um, he's getting some, some snaps here. We'll see when Brents comes back, where he slots in. If he goes down to the second team or if... Uh, you know, Daryl Baker stays on with right. the first team and Brents has to work his way up. That's going to be kind of a lingering question here going into next week. Well, I think if my math is right, if you add up the OTAs, mini camp, and then three practices so far here in training camp, what is it, 15 11 on 11 sessions that he's missed? Mm-hmm. In totality. I mean, he, he hasn't been out there. Brents, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Are we at the point where we're starting to get a little concerned about ah, his? I'm not. I'm not. Because he, the, the Colts knew when they drafted him that he wasn't going to participate in the offseason program. The hamstring thing, you obviously don't know about that. That's separate uh, from the that's wrist. That's separate from the wrist. Um, but the thing with Gus Bradley's defense is that if you're young, it's designed for you to go in there and be able to play fast. You can pick it up. And you can pick it up. And, uh, you know, from all accounts, Juju Brents has been, you know, mentally locked in. Uh, I haven't heard anything about him kind of goofing off and not taking it serious because he's not out there. So, you know, when he does get back on the field, um, you know, I think you'll start to see that potential and all those reasons why the Colts took him in the second round come to light. All right, Adetamawa Adabare coming up. Before we get into that interview, let's talk about the player himself. He's a hybrid guy coming out of Northwestern. Colts love those tweeners. Dio Adengbo was like that to a certain extent. Quiddy Pay was like that. Guys that can play multiple positions across the defensive line. We know he's a freak athlete. We know about the combine uh, testing and the measurables like that. What have you seen out of him so far backing up DeForest Buckner on the inside? Well, real quick, just in case you don't know about the combine, he's became, he became the first player in NFL combine history to weigh over 280 pounds and run a sub 4-5 40-yard dash. That's wide receiver numbers. That's why, Absolutely. That's yeah. wide receiver numbers that he ran at 280 pounds yep. uh, so that just gives you an idea of the freak athlete that he is but you know the Colts saw him down at the senior bowl that was the first time he played uh, defensive tackle he played defensive end at Northwestern they, they kicked him inside to defensive tackle Jim Nagy and that 
that group does a really good job scouting players. They, they brought him inside uh, to the three-technique position, which is what DeForest Buckner plays, and he stood out to the Colts there. And, you know, I, I kind of had the thought of, like, yeah, I wonder why he fell to the fourth round. Because he was a guy who, you know, if you look at some of the scouting services or, uh, you know, the prognosticators, like Dane Brugler had him as, I think, a second-round pick. Uh, it probably took some imagination for teams to, you know, say, all right, yeah, this guy played D-end in college, but he's going to play D-tackle. Let's take him on day two. Yeah. That probably took a little imagination. But the Colts getting him in here... That depth at defensive tackle, whether it's with, you know, Adetami Wadabare or Taven Bryan, uh, you know, behind DeForest Buckner, that's really important because Buck has played a lot of snaps over the last couple of years. And he can do it. He absolutely can do it. But if you can just kind of turn the dial down a little bit on his snap percentage. It helps everybody. It helps everybody. That can lead to... Uh, you know, maybe his snaps, if you can target him, you know, hey, just you can we're going to we're going to manage you. So when it gets to the fourth quarter, yeah. you go all out yeah, instead of playing 75 percent of the snaps. Right. Because you can't take him off the field because yeah. there isn't depth there. Let's hear from the man himself earlier tonight. Jeffrey Gorman and I, we chatted with Adetamawa Adabare about playing in the Gus Bradley defense and what he thinks of his first NFL camp so far. If you want an exciting player on this roster, we got for one for you right here. At a time away, out of Bowie, a defensive lineman from Northwestern, the rookie, but the freak show, and I mean that with respect because you move like you're a cornerback, not a defensive tackle. <laughs> I'm telling you, did you know what that skill set coming in early in your career in Northwestern, I'll play at the next level? Uh, I would say early on, probably no. But I would say after, like, you know, my second year there, I, you know, watched that following draft after that season and saw some of the, like, you know, people getting selected. And I played some of those guys. So that's when in my, in my head, that's when it really clicked that, you know, I could really have a chance to play at this level. Every bit of 280 pounds running a 4-4, that doesn't add up. So I'm saying hats off to you on that. How's this competition been for you? Because all these cats that are trying to make this club out here oh, are yeah. solid players. And I know you played on, on Saturdays for the last four years and such, but these are the best of the best. Have you noticed that difference early on in camp? Oh, absolutely. I mean, guys are a lot better. You know, technique's a lot better. Everything's a lot more crisp. Everything's happening faster. So you just have to hone in on your technique every play and uh, just continue to get better because, you know, these guys are all trying to get better. Colts rookie Adetamawa Adabare is our guest. What do you make of this defense schematically and how they're using you in this defense compared to the one you came from at Northwestern? Yeah, so I think it's similar, but, uh, you know, definitely a lot different. You know, we're still a 4-3 here. Yep. You know, that's what I played in college. But I think the biggest difference is, like, here all we're doing is attacking. You know, we're just – you know, our, our goal is to, you know, penetrate, attack every play. So that makes it kind of simpler for me and to kind of do what I, you know, think I do best, and which is get off the ball. No doubt about it. I mean, this guy ran a sub 4-5 at the, at the combine. Like you said, Jeffrey, just a, a freak athlete that's doing it from all over the defensive line. That's what you did in college at Northwestern, besides the athleticism, but just intellectually too, football IQ. What gave you that ability to have success playing multiple positions along the defensive line like you did? So just working hard and, you know, always asking questions about each position. You know, I know in college I kind of played DN and D tackle. Yep. So, you know, while in college I made sure to make sure, you know, I'm always watching D-tackle play while I was playing D-in, or if I'm playing D-tackle, always watching D-in while I was playing D-tackle just to make sure right. going to the game, I could be anywhere. So understanding all like you know all four spots. Do you, do you see any defensive end for you here with the Colts? 
Uh, you know, Maybe I'm, like I'm not sure. Yeah, that's yeah. up to the coaches. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'll just leave that at that. So. <laughs> at a time away, out of ball, right? I want to talk about guys that are helping you youngsters in camps. That's just, just how it works in the NFL. As you put on year after year after year, you're helping those younger ones around you. Who have you been molding to uh, as far as the defensive linemen go in this group to get better to learn more? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of people to look at, you know, you know, starting up front with, you know, Grove and Buck, obviously two of some of the better D tackles in the league. So just kind of watching, you know, how they practice every day really helps me. So Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator here, been around in this league about a long time, been a head coach in this league, demands a lot of you. Well, how's your relationship with the defensive coordinator? So I think so far good, you know. Every time we interact, we say hello. You know, it's always, you know, positive. But you know, in, in these meetings, I'm always trying to like, you know, listen to what he says because, like you said, yeah. he has a lot of like a lot of experience. Yeah. So I'm trying to take as many notes as I can, and anything he says, I'm trying to pick up on. It will obviously help apply to my game. Tell me on the field. Right. So going along with that, how how much have you noticed just the intensity of this level? I mean, obviously, you graduate from the Big Ten to the NFL. There's going to be a jump there. But what have you noticed about just how intense? day-to-day life is in the NFL between what's demanded of you from the weight room and the meeting room and then translating all of that onto the practice field. I would just say, you know, everyone's doing what they're supposed to do at a high level. Yep. You know, everyone's like serious about getting themselves right. Like, you know, there's no excuses. You know, you have to take care of yourself and you have to, you know, prepare, you know, to help yourself be successful on the field. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, whereas, you know, sometimes in college, maybe you got to help out a young guy or whatever, but now here it's like you help out, your, you know, you better have that sense of urgency yourself. You You shouldn't rely on someone else. So, that's what, I, that's what I think is the biggest difference is everyone's kind of their own, uh, has their own sense of urgency. Yeah. So. Have you had that welcome to the NFL moment yet? I mean, maybe it's not something that happened to you, but just the first time you stepped into the Colts facility after the draft or stepping on the practice field here at Grand Park, have you had that moment like, holy moly, my dreams are coming true. I'm here. I'm in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But I, I didn't really soak in. Too, you know, I didn't really – sit on that too long because yeah. now it's time to work you know sure. I'm here you know this is where I want to be and I have to you know just keep working every day so you know I, I wouldn't say it was like a satisfying feeling like yes okay I'm at the next level but you know I definitely have further goals so at a time away you, you, this time last year one year ago you're getting ready for your college season but that whole 365 days you know you had the uh, the combine to get ready for after that you had the professional career that awaits you but getting away from football how do you get away from football how do you clear your head yeah, I mean, that's something, you know, I think the last really six months I've, you know, really tried to learn from myself because, you know, at Northwestern there's a lot of, you know, school too. So it was either fo- football school or I'm sleeping, taking a nap, whatever. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm still learning that, you know, really just, I guess, just relaxing right now because, you know, it's always like, you know, out here practice, study the playbook. You know, we're in camp right now, so I'm trying to, you know, find time to rest as much as I can because, you know, when we're going, we're going. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean. That's something I'm still, you know, trying to learn about myself. Adetamawana Barre is our guest rookie defensive lineman out of Northwestern, three-year starter and a captain at Northwestern last year at Atamawa. How do you lead as a rookie? I mean, you have to follow because of the situation that you're in, but at the same time, you are who you are, and it's just in your DNA. You're a leader, right? You're a guy that takes charge. How do you balance that as a rookie, being a leader, but also knowing there's guys that you have to lean on and, and turn to that have that veteran status on you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it starts with being a follower. You know, to lead, you got to follow and see what the example is. Yeah. I think Buck and Grove do a good job of that, so kind of watching how they lead and stuff like that. And then, obviously, you know, I try to my best to, you know, support the guy, say good job when they do something good, mm-hmm. you know, give them a handshake, whatever, just let them know I'm there, like, you know, saying good job and trying to help out, you know, anywhere I can. You know, like you said, you know, it is a lot of following, you know, just trying to understand what's, you know, 
like how the Colts operate and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, that's, you know, I always still try to add to kind of my leadership, trying to say, you know, good job and um, things like that. So Some are calling you the steal of the recent NFL draft going where you did. Your emotions, tell me about that day when you got that call from Chris Ballard and ended up talking with head coach James Steichen as well. Shoot, time to work. That was my mindset, time to work. So, you know, I'm here now, and that's what, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. Did so. you have an inkling it was going to be the Colts? Uh, I, I mean, I knew they were one of the teams that liked me. So, yeah, I kind of had an idea. Especially after that combine that you had. I mean, a lot of people four, liked you. That's a 4 4 40, by the way. <laughs> a lot of combine. people like that. Speaking of that, last one for me out of Tamawa. Anybody else in this rookie class that you're kind of bonding with or gravitating to going through your first rookie camps together, if you will? Yeah, I would say, you know, like, you know, just other D linemen, you know, like, like, like in the rookie class, mm-hmm. you know, like Titus Leo, you know, Jamal Woods and Samson, you know, uh, Samson. Epicom, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so. Yep. Just, just learning from those guys. Um, just kind of going it, you know, to it, you know, together as rookies, kind of helps, you know, having someone there, kind of, kind of in your shoes as well. So. What do you, what do you make at Grand Park and practicing in front of all these fans? I mean, at Northwestern, I know it's a big time program with the Big yeah. Ten, but you come out here in front of a sold out crowd, seven thousand yeah. fans just watching you practice. What do you make of that? Yeah, this is way different than college. <laughs> you know, it feels like game day out here. Yeah, because you know you have the crowd, you know they're cheering stuff like that. Yeah, so but there's it, not a beautiful lake over there. No, right, right, definitely. But I definitely love it, though, just seeing the fans come out, you know, their presence, kind of watching us practice, you know, definitely adds another another layer of, like, fun to it, you know, so. At a time away, I want to ask you one last question off the football field. Is there? Are you, do you like sailing? Do you go four wheeling? Do you play pickleball? Are you a basketball <laughs> fan? Do you knit? I don't know what it is. Give me something off the field that these Colts fans that are listening right now would want to know about you. Should I watch you know some anime or you know watch some you know podcasts stuff mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. So. Keeps you busy. Yeah. All yeah. right. But like I said, I'm still learning. You know, I'm sure still learning about myself. So to definitely find new you know. Uh, you know, hobbies to do in my free time. Well, it's so. going to be fun watching you progress through your NFL career. I appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck here at the rest of this camp, and I know you're going to do your thing on the field this year. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. That is Adetamawa Adabare here at Colts camp following practice number three, the first night practice for the Colts. Team again practice for an hour and a half, and they will have an off day coming up on Sunday. Right back to work on Monday morning at 10 o'clock here at GrahamParkColts.com slash camp as always for your tickets, but at a bar, just one of a few rookies that is flashing. Josh Downs is mm-hmm. making plays. Darius Rush was making plays, so on and so forth. Any other rookies that are catching your eye along the way? I'm keeping an eye on Emil Akior, the undrafted free agent out of Alabama, mm-hmm. Indianapolis guy. Uh, you know, Will Fries is getting the reps with the first team offense at right guard right now, but Tony Sperano Jr. did say this week that, you know, that still is a competition. Yep. Uh, you know, Ekior, you know, maybe he's a guy who over the course of camp, maybe he starts pushing for that. I think that's good if, if that's the case. If someone pushes Will Fries at that right guard position, um, you know, it's going to make Will Fries better. That, you know, if, if he doesn't get it, that'll make whoever the starting right guard will be better. I want to see, you know, that, that competition really start to take off. Offensive line competitions are weird, right? You can't like always like rotate guys in and out the first team. Um, sometimes you got to just kind of earn it on second team or third team or whatever it may be. So keeping an eye on him just as camp goes along here. All right, wrapping up. Pads come on Monday. Let's All go. Right. It's going to ramp up a little bit in terms of intensity. Uh, some of these 
uh, puzzle pieces that we still have questions on. We're going to get some definitive answers next week. Next week's going to be a very intense week of practice, very busy, right? As we said, Monday, Tuesday practice, off day Wednesday, practice Thursday, off day Friday, and then back to work next weekend, both days, Saturday and Sunday, right here in front of the fans at Grand Park. When the pads come on, J.J., what do you want to see? I just want to see, uh, you know, the continued development of Anthony Richardson. You know, it's going to get more physical now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the pass rush is going to be a little bit different yeah. when the pads it's come on. feel different. Right. The, you know, the way that corners and, and guys can press is a little bit different when yep. the pads come on. Does he continue kind of trending upward? I'm also going to look towards Shaquille Leonard, who still he's they sent him yeah. on another blitz today. Yeah. I mean, another, you're watching it move, night. watching it move, and you're like, yeah, it, you know, it's yep. still encouraging. Does that continue when the pads come on? And then, you know, I'm looking at Pay and Dio Dangbo. Uh, you know, their kind of growth and development. Here, we heard from both of them today on Saturday. Um, you know, both are encouraged by what they did last year. Quiddy says, you know, wants to stay healthy. Dio wants to kind of take the last four, five, six games of the season where he came on pretty strong, turn that into a good 2023 season. One other thing uh, that I want to see, and this is not necessarily with the pads coming on or whatever, but Gardner Minshew, I just want to get back to him for a second. I wrote a word in my notebook today, saucy. Gardner, so he he had a play where he stepped up in the pocket. I think it was during third down and 11 on 11. He stepped up and he kind of did, you know, like Brett Favre used to do that, like flick. Yeah. That like, he did know. it like three times yeah, tonight. He did, he did it on one play. And then he, hit the, he uh, found Pittman for a completion. The next play, he does it down the sideline to Deion Jackson. Yeah. I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. Like, and Gardner's out there, like, you know, bopping his head, like having a blast, like, uh, that that was fun to see. I want to see more of those moments from Gardner. Oh, you're uh, going to see him. They're fun. Yeah. Um, what else would I want to see? And just again, I you know to go back to Kenny Moore, mm-hmm. uh, you know, see him continue to progress. One other note, because I I want to empty my notebook here on Saturday. I think my favorite moment of practice today, Matt. Uh, they got into a special teams drill late in practice, and Rigo Sanchez booms a punt. It was the first punt I think he has had in front of his teammates since he ruptured his Achilles yeah. last year. And the everyone around him went nuts. That's awesome. Cheering yeah. and, you know, players are whooping and hollering yeah. for him. Torn Achilles, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that, that was a cool moment to Very. see, you know, Rigo get that, yeah. uh, you know, and see him back out there, number eight. Yeah, Colts. great point. That's what training camp is all about, those personal milestones. And this game means so much to so many. And uh, we appreciate so many coming out and uh, taking in Colts practice tonight. Again, a sellout crowd, over 7,000 strong here at Graham Park. Again, an off day on Sunday, right back to work on Monday for the Indianapolis Colts. For J.J. Stankovitz and Jeffrey Gorman, our thanks again to Adetamawa Anabare for joining our podcast here this evening. We will do it again on Monday when the Colts get back to work here at Grand Park. Until then, have a great rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you soon here on the Colts Audio Network.